0: Good morning. Good morning. Good. Uh, I'm so thankful this morning that we're part of a church where it is the work of all the people of God to proclaim good news and to embody good news. And so one of the ways we do that here at the table, for those who might not know, is we have a cohort of preachers, um, which right now is probably close to almost 10 people and more hopefully coming in, um, where we just get to embody that practice of proclaiming good news to one another. So this morning I say in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart will rejoice, and you will flourish like grass. When I was reading these verses in preparation um, for this sermon, I just felt this deep balm kind of sinking over my soul. And at the same time, I felt this very distance, a, a distant reality from these words of peace and comfort. I think that... 2022 has definitely not been the easiest year <laughs> in many ways. We've talked a lot about grieving. I know personally, I, 2022 has been crazy for me. I feel like I've been drowning most of the time. I went back to work last year after being home with my son. I started taking classes. So I <laughs> spend a lot of time feeling like I don't have enough. And I don't have enough to give to my relationship with my husband. I don't have enough to be a good mom for my son. I can't even keep my house clean, and every time I look around, it reminds me, I don't have enough. I'm failing. I'm pretty much failing. And meanwhile, at the same time, I look around, and we face so much grief this year in the events of the world. It's just been this persistent sense of heaviness and sadness. My son, who's six, he's always been very curious. He asks lots of questions. He's always asked why from the very earliest age. But now that he's six, his questions are getting really hard. (laughs) For example, (laughs) why doesn't God just make COVID go away? Why doesn't God just block the Russian army so that they can't attack the Ukrainians? And three years ago, we had a son um, who was stillborn, and we talk about that in our family. Why did God let me live? But Vincent died. I think I found myself saying, I don't know, more times than I could possibly count. And I realized that his questions reside in me too. I ask so many of the same questions that he's asking. And I answer, I don't know, so many times. (laughs) And I wonder, where is the kingdom of God in the midst of all of this? But church, this morning, we proclaim good news. Jesus' kingdom has come into the world, and it is near you. On every side. The peace of God rests upon you. And it flows from you. It waters dry places. It brings healing through you. It streams back to you in the faces of one another. And in places that you would least expect. Peace be upon you, friends. We pick up in our Luke text this morning. And I remember last week that Mallory just reminded us that In this part of the story, Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. He set his face to Jerusalem. And we know the story. So we know that going to Jerusalem means going to the cross. The disciples are expecting a different kind of kingdom. And sometimes I think it's the kingdom that we want. But Jesus is going to the cross. And he's sending out the disciples ahead of him to every place and every town he's going to go. And I really noticed this week that he sends them out, out both full of grace and full of need. Both of those things. He sends them out in peace. And when we read peace in Luke, it's this full sense of the shalom of Yahweh, where the kingdom of God has is come, it's alive, everyone has what they need. People get to reap the fruit of their labor. People don't live in contention with one another. They live at peace. There's a fullness of the kingdom, of God presiding in that. And Jesus sends out the disciples in that peace. Full of that authority. So they go ahead proclaiming the kingdom like John the Baptist. Heal the sick who are there. Tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. He's actively bringing about his kingdom through their proclamation and through their work, through their hands. But even while they go full of the kingdom of God, they go empty-handed. They go without a bag, without a purse, without food, without a place to stay. That is terrifying. Am I right? Like, I can't imagine that. I'm realizing, as I get older especially, but in this season of life, I don't want to need anything from anyone. It's okay if I choose when I need something from someone, but to go out and to actually need something and to know that people could not meet that need is terrifying. And it also makes me very angry when I experience that. And I think about James and John last week saying, like, should we call down the fire from heaven when the Samaritans reject you? Like, yes, that is how I feel when I am desperately in need and I am not being met in that need. Very angry. But the disciples are being sent up in that space. And knowing that there will be times, Jesus tells them, where you will speak words of peace. And that peace isn't going to rest. And you're going to go out of that town, shaking dust from your feet. Not calling down fire from heaven, but being a sign that you weren't welcomed and received and that the kingdom of God wasn't welcomed and received. But at the same time, there will be places where you will go, where you didn't book an Airbnb and you didn't get a ticket confirmation, and people will welcome you, and people will welcome the kingdom of God. People will receive you, and you will receive grace that you never planned for and you never put any work into, and yet you received it free. And God met you in that grace. And so I think in so many ways this text has been such a powerful analogy for us, and this week, as I've been reflecting on it, because we live in a world where we trust that God's kingdom is fully present to us, and we proclaim it and we embody it, but we do that on the road to a cross. Like the disciples, I don't I want the now, but I don't want the not yet. I want the fullness of the kingdom of God. I kind of want God to just like take the pain and the injustice and the grief and put it in a sieve and shake it and and leave all that behind. I don't want a world that's entangled in pain and hostility where Jesus fully enters into that to redeem it. And we live in a world where words of peace aren't received. And where God's peace oftentimes... God's actual peace, God's actual kingdom, oftentimes, isn't really wanted. And I'm not saying that as it's not wanted out there, because I see it in myself, too. I see the times where I don't want to receive the kingdom of God. I don't want to die to myself. I need to be shaped and formed into God's desires. But God is renewing a world and me, and even when I go, Nah, God, I'm good. I don't want that peace. Yet God is renewing the world. Jesus' kingdom has come into the world. It is near you on every side. He's redeeming a world entangled in pain and hostility by fully entering into that reality. You are not overcome. The peace of God rests upon you and it flows from you. It waters dry places and it brings healing through you. It streams back to you in the faces of one another and in places where you would least expect, where you have least planned, where you have least worked, it comes to you. Peace be upon you, friends. As I mentioned earlier, I've really noticed this this year how much we've talked about being present to our grief, about realizing we have things that we can grieve and that we need to be sad over, that it's meaningful to grieve, that we don't have to simply just check out from sadness and suffering, and we don't have to just do something to fix it, but that we can, we can be present to it, that Christ fully identifies with that, enters into it, is present with us in that we bear that grief together. But at the same time, I think it's easy for me to sort of swirl into um, the suffering and pain and to feel very hopeless. So at the same time, I need to take time to recognize the abundance of grace, of God's grace, that I receive so many gifts and welcome and care and love that I haven't planned for and that I haven't labored, labored over. I I just came across a, a um, Chesterton quote this week, not even looking for it, that said, despair comes not from being weary of suffering, but from being weary of joy. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm really, I notice that there are so many moments when I can in the way that I can be intentional to sit with pain and grief and suffering that I can sit and savor joy, that I can savor the good gifts that God's giving me. One specific example that comes to mind is our our church is in a period of discernment where, where we're going. And it's hard. It's a hard process. There's a lot at stake for so many people. We want to love one another. We want to belong with one another. It's, it's both hard, but even participating in the listening session that I know that I was a part of, even in the hardness, there was just, I had this very deep sense of healing, a deep sense of the way that this conversation is happening with care being extended to one another, with brutal honesty being able to be expressed and received, and space being created for one another. Just this real sense of a gift, of a peace that's just dwelling in the community and being received. And I want to sit and savor in those things, to not become weary of joy, but to take the time to be present in joy. So, as we respond to this good news today, I just want to ask us to to reflect on, where are you asking why this morning? Where do you find yourself feeling powerless? Where are you becoming weary and doing good Where are you fearful of being overcome? Where have you lost hope? I invite us to hold these things out to God today. And some of the ways that we can invite us to respond is first, let's ask God to act. It really struck me this week that the kingdom of God, it's not just an idea. It's not just thoughts and prayers. It's not just a heaven in the future, but that God is actually actively working in the world. And in this text of Luke, the disciples are bringing healing to people. They're rejoicing because they can't believe that demons are submitting to, to, them, to the name of Jesus through them. Let's actually ask God to act. I, I realize like sometimes I forget that I feel powerless in a situation and I've never actually been like, God, can you do something about it? I need you to actually do something about this because I can't fix it. And I don't know how to fix it if I could. So let's actually ask Jesus to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring dignity in the way that he does in his kingdom and to participate in that. And then the second thing that I would invite us to is just being present to God's graces, even while we're being present to the grief and suffering in the world. We do this every week in worship. I think it's such a beautiful thing, that we're present to receiving the grace of God through the bread and the wine when we make Eucharist. We're present in receiving the gift of peace when we speak peace to one another, of receiving that peace from God. We're present to receiving the forgiveness of our sins together. So many gifts of God that we don't plan and we don't work for, but that we receive. So how do we continue to practice that in our lives this week? I want to invite us into that this week. Taking time when we realize, here's a moment of joy. Here's a moment of savoring that I can do. I realized my husband and I built this cob house. This is a whole other story, but we like camped every weekend. We like didn't have running water for a long time, and I appreciate a hot shower more than I ever did after like months and months of not having running hot water. I cannot take a hot shower without just being like, God, thank you for hot water. like pump it and drag it in buckets and then try to like heat it somehow <laughs> it's amazing every morning it's like such a gift to just say this hot water is such a gift from god <laughs> but how do we find those things this week In the meals we share and looking at the faces of people we love and our children just doing the most silly unexpected things in kindnesses we receive from strangers in welcome and coming to places where we don't know anyone and feel really out of place and someone invites us in? How do we be present to that this week and have a heart full of thanks to God? Beloved, God's grace is near you. It dwells in you. You bear it where you go. You receive it from one another. Go in peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.